today in Watching Your Wealth. We'll look at where the presidential candidates stand on estate and gift taxes and what it means for you. From the top of the ballot to your bottom line, this is Watching Your Wealth, an election special from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome to Watching Your Wealth's presidential election series. I'm Veronica Dagger. Carlin McCaffrey is partner at McDermott, Will & Emery. Welcome, Carlin. Hi, good to be here. Great to have you. So first, we want to say that the candidates' ideas we're speaking about are just that. They're ideas they could change and they would need support in Congress in order to happen if that candidate got elected. So we want to put that out there first. Uh, let's get right to the estate tax. This is also known as the death tax, and it's a 40% tax on the transfer of property at death. And every individual has an available credit that protects the roughly the first $5 million of his or her assets from tax. So it's a pretty high bar. This doesn't apply to a whole lot of people, but some of our listeners it does apply to, so I want to talk about it. What is Clinton proposing when it comes to the estate tax? Well, Clinton is actually going to raise that bar, that $5 million bar, because um, she's going to drop the exemption from its actual current level of $5.45 million all the way down to $3.5 million. That's the level it was at a number of years ago in 2009. She also wants to increase the basic estate and gift tax rate from the current 40% to 45%. She wants to increase the rate for estates above $10 million to 50% increase the rate for estates above $50 million to 55%, and increase the rate for estates above $500 million to 65%. She also wants to close uh, an unspecified group of what she refers to as loopholes, and as she announced for the first time last week, now wants to impose an income tax at death on unrealized appreciation. So that means a lot more tax for probably a lot more people, right? Uh, that's right. It's probably going to more than double the number of estates that are required to file estate tax returns up from its current level of about 12,000 estates. Now, again, this is just a proposal, but if this did go through, what steps, if any, could people take? Well, once it happens, the options for taking protective measures are going to decrease. Fortunately, there's likely to be some lead time during which individuals who haven't fully used their 5.45 5.45 million exemptions to consider doing so to avoid a loss of almost $2 million worth of exemption. And in the case of the rate increase, there'll be time to make some transfers and, and pay the tax at the lower 40%. What's that lead time? Is that usually between, so after the election decided, Congress and, and uh, the presidency decided, and then the new year, is that the time when there's a lot of this planning going on, a lot of changes? Yes, it's going to be, you know, Clearly, nothing's going to happen before the beginning of the year. And we'll have from the beginning of November, when we know what the election results are, um, until early in 2017 uh, to do something. If Clinton gets elected, but she doesn't control, Democrats don't control the House and the Senate, I suppose there's not much of a chance that these proposals are going to pass. It's very similar to what Obama has been trying to accomplish for the last several years without any luck. Right. Interesting. What about Trump? What is he saying about a state tax? Well, his his estate tax proposal is very simple. Originally, um, this tax that he calls the death tax was going to be repealed entirely. But a week or so ago, he um, didn't exactly backtrack from that. But what he did was he added another provision. He added a provision similar to uh, Hillary Clinton's. And that is he, too, was either going to eliminate carryover or eliminate step-up and basis at death or 
impose a capital gains tax at death. So it sounds like there would be lost revenue in this. Has he said where that lost revenue would come from? Yeah, the, the, the repeal of the estate tax is estimated to cost about $223 billion over the 10-year period after repeal. But that's obviously a very large number. But in fact, it represents less than 1% of the federal tax revenues. And replacing this lost revenue wouldn't be that difficult. Mm. Uh, uh, on the other hand, Trump isn't really moving in that direction. His overall set of tax reform proposals is estimated to cost a whopping $9.5 trillion loss in federal revenue. So the loss attributable to the change in the estate and gift tax system is, is quite small. Um, certain elements in his plan, such as his proposal to reduce the tax benefit of certain tax deductions, is going to raise additional revenue, and, and that revenue, in fact, is is far in excess of the loss generated by the repeal of the estate and gift tax system. What about Johnson, real briefly? Where does he come in on the estate tax? Um, his overall tax proposal is very different from Trump's. Um, he does. He, he essentially wants to repeal the entire system, and so to the extent the entire system includes the estate and gift tax part of it, he's um, consistent with Trump. But he's going to repeal the income tax as well, and basically replace everything with a, uh, a comprehensive sales tax at rates of about 30% on all items that people buy. That would be a massive change for the U.S. Uh, we're not so it much used to that. It certainly would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's shift to the gift tax that you mentioned a few times. This is a tax at a 40% rate also, and it's made on gifts um, by an individual during his or her life. Exclusions are available up to for gifts up to $14,000 per year. What is Trump saying about the gift tax? Well, he's, he's going to repeal the gift tax along with the estate tax. Has he given any further detail on that? No, it's just... just um a flat repeal, just as Johnson's going to do. Got it. And then what about Clinton? Well, she has something different in mind for the gift tax. Um, as is the case of the estate tax, she's going to lower the exemption from its current $5.45 million, but instead of lowering it only to $3.5 million, her proposed level for the estate tax, for the gift tax, she's lowering it all the way down to a $1 million. So what does this mean for inheritors? Well, it means that um, it's going to result in larger estates attracting greater estate taxes and a smaller share left for the inheritors. There's not going to be uh, as much lifetime planning available because it's just going to be too costly. Anything over a million dollars, if you want to do more than you know, buy a home for a couple of children, you're already into the area where you're going to be paying a gift tax on anything additional that you do. Mm. And then what about the charitable side? Because I would think this might mean less to charity, too. Well, it's, it's difficult to predict the impact of Clinton's proposal on charitable gifts um, at death, because on the one hand, a parent faced with the prospect of giving $100,000 to charity instead of only 55000 or 35000 to her children uh, may be more interested in making charitable gifts than she would be if her children would be less than 60000 out of 100. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the overall increase in tax burden could make her feel less comfortable about giving to charity rather than her children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about Trump in terms of the charitable impact there, potentially? Well, that's, that's a different story. Uh, the Brookings Institute actually did a study on this in 2003, and it concluded that the repeal of the estate tax deduction or the estate tax uh, would result in a decrease of charitable bequests by between 22 and 37 percent, a decline of about 3.6 to $6 billion per year which is not really surprising if you stop to think about it. Certainly some of our clients wind up giving 
their entire estates to charity, mm-hmm. not just because they're charitably inclined, which they generally are, but really because they don't want to pay estate taxes to the federal government. Mm. Once there's no estate tax, there's no financial incentive to make charitable gifts at death. Instead, the individual is more likely to leave what she otherwise would have left to charity to her children, because if she leaves it to her children, there can be some tax advantage. When the children give to charity during their lives, they will get an income tax deduction, whereas a gift by the parents at death would produce no savings at all. So I'm sure a lot of the charities out there would be strongly objecting uh, to that uh, proposal. I, I, I guess so. I think that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quickly, any last steps we should be taking when it ter- comes to our estates between now and the elections? Is there anything we can do, or is it just sort of wait and see? Well, as far as knowing what's going to happen in the future, uh, future legislation, it's wait and see. But there, there are other pressures right now to that should incentivize wealthy people to do planning between now and the end of the year, um, basically because Treasury came out with uh, proposed regulations in August that would significantly reduce um, valuation discounts that are, are now available and would, would increase the value of family-held business interests that are transferred. And this provision has the uh, possibility of becoming effective at the beginning of the year. So it is time to talk to your estate planning advisors and see what, if anything, you should be doing between now and the end of the year. Great tips. Thanks, Carlin. You're very welcome. Thanks again to Carlin McCaffrey for joining us. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices.